0: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook,
1: Twitter and Instagram. The president has said it's over. He said there is no longer any continued fight over the election. There must be a peaceful transition. He released a statement last night, and I wanted to let you hear some of that right now so we can discuss what what this all means. Go for it.
2: I would like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election and emotions are high. But now tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. We do
1: need to make sure that future elections don't have some of the questions around them that this one did. We absolutely need to ensure that. But this election is over, friends. This one is done. You know it. I know it. We don't need to get too deep into all of that. And we have less than two weeks before the Joe Biden administration is going to start. So now we have to to deal with this. We have to see this reality for what it is, and we have to prepare for what is coming. I'm going to do all of that with you today. But first, I, I want to say that there is, and I will not let this go, a tremendous amount of hypocrisy from the media about what they saw on Capitol Hill and what they generally excuse or explain away or, or even encourage, depending on who we're talking about and what specific riot all riots are bad. We should be able to agree on this, right? Left, right, everybody should be able to agree. All riots are bad. You don't start breaking things, attacking people, trespassing, threatening, and, and even assaulting law enforcement. Look, a Capitol Hill police officer is dead, they believe, because he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. That's murder. A woman went to this protest and she was shot in the neck and what looks like, what looks like to me excessive force which would make that an an illegal shooting not quite murder but perhaps a criminal charge we shall see but the capitol hill police officer who died was doing his job he was doing his job we back the blue or not we do let's not forget that do we condemn riots or not we do and i'm telling you any anybody right now who wants to get mad at me about this one or wants to to pick a fight over this i welcome it Let's all remember who we are. Let's remember what we stand for here. All right. Trump is done. He's not going to be president for the next four years. And there are very real questions now about what the future of President Trump personally in politics will be. I think his statement last night was excellent. I think that he is representative of a broader movement of conservative populism, but We have to see where this all goes. The next two weeks need to be a quieter process, a peaceful process, as he has called for. Uh, But we also need to deal with this reality. I know it's uncomfortable. People have been lied to here. They have been misled. And and honestly, I'm there are some people who have been telling me the truth about what has been going on to the degree they could in the White House. And there were others who were running around saying things. Just wait. Just wait. We're going to have the evidence. We're going to give it to you. I'm telling. And they were telling me this on a personal level. They were telling me this off the record behind closed doors. What do they have? Where is it? Nothing. They didn't change a darn thing. And now the left is more emboldened than it's ever been. They have the House. They have the Senate. They have the presidency. It's all happening right now. And I'm here with you. Getting ready for the fight that lays ahead, because we are coming to grips with this one right now. And, and part of that means looking at everything honestly now with clear eyes. Look at what has actually happened. A Capitol Hill police officer is dead a woman, a a mother, a a veteran, is dead. A a number of other people from injuries that I I can't get specifics about how, but they're being uh, placed as, uh, they're they're being reported on as injuries related to, or deaths related to this protest. There are a handful of other people as well, but certainly the Capitol Hill police officer and Ashley Babbitt, the woman who was shot in the neck, they are dead. And this this whole uh, unleashing of, of fury and rage in the Capitol. As I, as I said immediately, and many people are mad. Oh, I know I'm like all these others, thousands and thousands of, of unfollows on Twitter and everything else. Always going to tell you the truth. This is not a close call. This is not a hard one. Uh, This was a massive blunder and we need to rally back from this and come together. This was, it was wrong and it was dumb. And that's what we need to understand right now. It was wrong. And It was counterproductive on every level. And the people who are telling you otherwise in in media are lying to you. The people who are telling you that there's still going to be some constitutional challenge or there's a Kraken or there's a whatever, they are lying to you. And some of them have been lying to you all along. Some of them have been lying to you now for six to eight weeks or so, telling you, oh, don't worry, it's definitely going to happen. And they knew better. I've been saying for how long now Joe Biden's almost certainly going to be the president. Do You know, the only reason I, I couldn't tell you 100 percent, I was saying 99 percent, because there are people around this White House. There were people who are uh, very connected into the Trump administration who were saying there's it's any you're going to see something. It's coming. It's coming. I, I'm not running the uh, I'm not running the recount efforts. I'm not the one. Going through the ballots, I'm not bringing the legal challenges. So I I had you have to leave open the possibility. But I've been saying this for a while, and people, including some who I know have listened to to me for a long time, and they know to trust me. They know I tell them the truth. They know the value of this show lies not just in the knowledge that I have about an array of things, but also in the fact that I will always respect you. I, I don't pander to this audience. I don't lie to this audience. And unfortunately, there are a lot of other people who do. And that's why there's so much anger right now on top of all the other things. Not only have we had a year of covid-19 and lockdowns and just. BLM riots and all the rest of it. We've also had a year in the end here going into the election where there were people that we were counting on and people that we were trusting and they've let us down. Let's understand that there are people that. Many of you listen to or watch or or trust when they speak in their professional capacity in some government role. And they have let us down. That has occurred. We, we should we should be honest about it. We should be able to speak about it. And anyone who's telling you the truth, I can assure you, is not the enemy. All right. So get that out of your head. I know this this is this is a tough one. I, it's a tough week. I tweeted out Monday night. It's going to be a rough week, folks. Strap in. I didn't know how rough it was going to be. And yes, it's worth discussing the hypocrisy. Yes, we need to understand that the Democrat left is vicious and vindictive and taking this far beyond. I mean, saying that this was sedition and that people should spend decades in prison. Look, if you if you hit a cop over the head with a fire extinguisher and he died, you got to go away. You got to go away from for murder. That's what we're talking about now. This is serious, folks. And, and you, you know that I'm right when I say that. If somebody if somebody assaulted a law, I don't care what they think their cause cause. If somebody assaults a law enforcement officer in the course of his duties or her duties and, and kills that officer, there must be sev- there must be severe penalty. There must be absolute accountability for that. Otherwise, we've got nothing. Otherwise, we're just it's just mob versus mob out there on the streets. Do they like the mob? Does the left like the mob when it suits their purposes? Of course they do. Is it disgusting that they have no standards that they apply to this that are that are equal? Is it is it grotesque that they are hypocrites in ways that you almost wonder if it's just a commentary on their intelligence or just their their character is so rotten that they don't know the difference. But this is where we are. I I wanted to bring you better news this week, that's for sure. And I'm as disappointed as many of you. I'm as disappointed as those of you who were expecting Four more years. You know, I was the guy who in 2019 was telling you, enjoy this. Remember this. The good guys are winning. The country is doing great. This is as good as it's going to get anytime soon. That's what I was telling you. You remember that. 2020 was a different story for us because of this pandemic and because the left finally felt like it was in a position to get vengeance on Trump and his supporters. And they're just getting started. If you're wondering if I have a silver lining for you at this point it would be the following there's a lot of there's a lot of recriminations a lot of finger pointing a lot of uh circular firing squad among republicans going on right now and that's only going to that's only going to be more in the in the days and weeks ahead and it's going to look like we have a very bleak political future it's going to feel that way there're going to be some times i'm here to tell you that we will get through this. We will uh, come together. And one of the biggest instigators of that will be the way that the left is now going to overplay its hand, pretend it has a mandate, ignore the will of 74 million voters and treat them like they're subhuman and they're scum. And the media will will talk down to them. Joe Biden will give some uh, completely... Boilerplate speeches about how he wants to unify the country and bring the country together. And then every Democrat policy and every action taken by big corporations and social media and journos will be to punish, to punish the apostates, the people who are are uh, beneath content for their support of Donald Trump. And you know what that's going to do? That's going to bring us all together. We're going to end up circling the wagons among conservatives because. We're not going to have any choice, friends. That's happening. It's just a question of when. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Get the latest news and information from Buck by heading to bucksexton.com. This riot on Capitol Hill, the media hates, and I'm not going to say anything other than it should be condemned and it was it was just honestly awful. Um, what happened? You know, now now we've got people who are dead, and all this did was hurt the movement. And it's just, it was bad. And I said it right away, as soon as I saw it. I, my stomach was turning over. I, I just felt, you know, my my uh, my heart drop into my throat. I said, "Oh my gosh, no, not this." But the media also has a long history and a recent history of feeling very differently about political violence and about riots and we're not going to let them get away with that hypocrisy we should remember that the viciousness and destructiveness of BLM was supported by excused by even encouraged by ma- members of the mainstream media that police officers were murdered by BLM supporters and that happened even the first iteration during the first iteration of BLM back in what was it 2015 So we've been seeing this for quite some time. Here is a a montage pulled together, I believe, by Grabian, of all the times that the media in the last year uh, were talking about violence in a way that it feels quite. And this is just a sampling of it. There's more. But it, it feels like if it's their team doing this, then it's like not that big a deal. And I'm talking about burning down police stations. I'm talking about trying to set fire to a federal courthouse. I'm talking about shining lasers in the eyes of federal officers with the intention of blinding them. I tell you right now, if I thought somebody was trying to blind me and I had a sidearm, I would use it in the course of my duties. But that was all somehow very different. That was all very, very different. According to the media, play clip one.
0: I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not. Uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly.
3: That ain't a riot. What we're seeing right now in Minneapolis, they are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up.
1: I argue to you tonight, all punches
2: are not equal. Morally,
1: It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's, you know, no
0: organization is perfect. There was some violence. I
3: mean, any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times.
0: But Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite. And peaceful.
3: I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that, be done
0: by a, respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night, throwing and it into the harbor? People
3: do what they do. What
1: you're seeing behind me is one of multiple
0: locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that,
2: oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started.
1: This is how this country was started by people lighting small businesses on fire and throwing rocks and bricks and bags of urine at police officers because of the history of racism in this country or something. They're not even really sure why they do it. Those were multimillionaire news anchors of the left on national cable channels sounding like complete morons, but that was absolutely in line with what the Democrat Party feeling and all that was, too. So, yes, I know they're in no position to morally lecture us about political violence if they're not going to call it out when it is happening, not only on their side. Sometimes it happens with far greater frequency. But here we are now. They're going to use this. They're going to weaponize this incident against all of us. A thousand, let's say, Trump supporters run into the Capitol and of that Maybe hundreds, maybe a few dozen were truly violent attacking cops, maybe, and, and one of them, it seems, killed a police officer. We, gotta, we draw the hardest of red lines possible on that one. And now the entire movement has to carry this for the next four years because of the way the media is going to frame all of this. That's what, that's what we now face, and we have to fight back against this. And they're coming for us, friends, in all the cancel culture ways they can. That's happening. You're
0: in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast.
2: A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear, scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protest by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable.
1: I just want to know something. Uh, why are they going to continue to do this and say things that are just uh, inciting now in the other direction and that are hateful and divisive when anyone who's paying attention and being honest about this would say the, the really gentle treatment that the protesters received, I think there were almost 50 arrests A woman was shot in the neck who posed no imminent threat to anybody for what you can see in the video. She was killed by police. How many times have police opened fire with live rounds on Black Lives Matter protesters of the hundreds and hundreds of riots across the country in 2020? I'm not aware of a single time, but we're going to we're going to now take this position that there's some big difference where the the police. What is it is because the police are racist now? including the large percentage of a lot of major departments like the NYPD in New York, where I worked, that are minority, that have a lot of great public servants, great, honorable black and Latino men and women in that uniform as well. We back the blue. There are some things, my friends, there are some things that we say and we have to mean. All right, we stand beside our law enforcement brothers and sisters as when they're in the legal furtherance of their duties and they were they were and uh, that's we we always need to have that as a as a foundation of our analysis about incidents like this you know we're not taking the anti-cop oh the cops are all racist position that's what Joe Biden's doing here that's really what you're supposed to take away from this It, it would all be so different because what Black Lives Matter protesters were treated So so badly, there were there were hundreds of protests across the country where there was no where there was not violence. That is true. There were BLM protests where there wasn't violence. There wasn't destruction of property. I saw protests right here in Times Square uh, where that was the case. And the police were there and they were completely professional and even cordial. And that's what we can expect. They're there to help with crowd control and just make sure that everyone's safe and the First Amendment rights are respected. They don't bother anybody. They're just there because you have a large crowd gathered in a busy city and there's, you know, you got to make sure you're not blocking traffic and that everything is kept orderly. When they start burning down buildings and trying to destroy a federal courthouse and light a police precinct on fire and throw bottles of urine and Molotov cocktails and all this stuff at law enforcement officers. Yeah, then they're going to have to get tear gassed, they're going to have to get arrested and tackled to the ground and flex cuffed because that's anarchy and we are supposed to still be a country of laws. We are supposed to be one that still cares about that. Why Why do this now? Why set up this, uh, this dichotomy of law enforcement treatment of the Trump Capitol Hill protesters versus law enforcement uh, treatment of... BLM do they do they really think what I mean I think that the the Trump uh, the Trump rioters in this case or the pro-Trump rioters I should say uh, they the problem for law enforcement was that they had an expectation that this would be like pretty much every other you know right of center rally that you've seen of any size of any consequence stretching back to the tea party where people were Law abiding, peaceful, protesting, you know, that 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 was their expectation. That was my expectation. So I feel at some level like like I I was fooled on this. Well, what do you what do you mean? You're going to go do this at the Capitol. Yeah. March in D.C. I was calling friends of mine who were in the march. How's it going? Oh, it's you know, it's great. We're just, you know, trying to tell everybody we're not going to back this and we're going to. You know, we want answers and we want the lockdowns to end. There were a lot of things there. It was a protest. It was people having their voices heard, gathered together with like-minded people. And then there was what happened on Capitol Hill, which was a different thing, a different thing. I, I wonder if the people who, as soon as I, and I condemned it as soon as I saw it because I knew what was happening was wrong, and I don't care. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how many Twitter followers I lose. doesn't matter how many people say, Buck, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, what, who are they going to go? Li- they're going to go listen to who? Right. I mean, they're going to who who out there of any consequence of any intellectual honesty whatsoever is saying, yeah, you know what? That old Capitol Hill riot, that uh, that was really sound thinking. I'm waiting to hear the name. So I I understand there's a lot of anger and outrage here, but I'm a part of this family known as conservatism in America today. I'm inside the family, so I'm going to speak to people who are also a part of it. As though they're family members, as though we have this commonality, we have this bond. And we do. And that means speaking the truth about it. And yes, I'm going to call out Biden and Harris and the pandering. And it is it enrages me. It enrages me. When I have to sit around and hear that, oh, BLM would have been treated so much more poorly. A woman was shot in the neck and killed by the cops. BLM would have been treated so much more poorly. Really? Uh, BLM it, it got away with so much. I mean, there were district attorneys who were saying that they weren't, weren't going to prosecute them for a whole slew of offenses, weren't going to prosecute them. What do you think that does to law enforcement's ability to actually keep order? It's, all, it's honestly, it's so disappointing and so disgusting. T- I'm going to tell you this as an American. I wish that the Biden administration coming in, I wish that Joe Biden really was going to be this grandfatherly figure who says, everybody, you know what? We're, we're all going to just remember what it is that makes us, makes us American, and we're going we're gonna to operate in good faith. We're going to try to convince each other of the rightness of our ideas. We're going to base things on facts. We're going to base things on logic. Uh, we're going to respect the Constitution. I, I would love that. I would love it. We all know that's not going to happen. We all know that at the center of the Democrat left these days are not just bad ideas, but falsehoods. I mean, lies. A baby in the womb isn't a baby. There are more than two genders. There, I mean, going go on the list, socialism is a great idea. <laughs> you get on the list of all these things, you say, what are they doing? Their authoritarian impulse. Their uh, their nastiness toward anybody who does not mouth the preferred slogans, who does not go along with the left wing orthodoxy, their desire for total control, control over your life, making you do things they themselves won't do. But they like being able to make you do it. And they think that they're good people for that imposition on you. That's that's not changing. We are heading toward that. You know, we are heading toward a Biden administration that's going to say, you know what, if you're accused of a sexual assault on a college campus, remember this Betsy DeVos? I know she just resigned. If you're accused of a sexual assault on a college campus, you have no rights because you're male and the patriarchy. And sorry, hashtag campus me Too, your life is ruined now because a woman would never lie about these things. And you have no rights of due process in these Title IX proceedings. Right. I mean, this is you said you go through. this. That's just wrong. That's immoral. What they're doing is wrong, and they will advocate for that. They will, they will continue to push for things like that. We saw who the left really is during the Kavanaugh hearings, of which Kamala Harris was one of the worst offenders. They will destroy a good person. They will do it publicly. They will ruin not only his professional life, his, his family, his reputation. They will skewer him on national TV for nothing other than power. And they think that they're the good guys because of it. That's not changing. And that's why I'm so concerned about the purge, as I see it, that will be coming. Uh, You're going to see a lot of cancellations. You're going to see more and more deplatforming. People keep saying, oh, the social media stuff's going to blow over. No, it's not. They have more control. Why? Why would they give it up? What did I tell you about lockdowns and Democrats? Remember, the theory in the beginning of the summer of 2020 was that, oh, once the once the Democrats are in charge, the lockdown call, they'll, they'll call for lockdowns to end. That's not true. I told you they like this control. They like this power. They think that they're in the right by making you do things that they themselves, of course, don't want to do and won't do. Right? You have to live by rules that they don't. And that's one of the centerpieces of Democrat thinking and the way the left approaches things. So that get, get ready for a whole lot more of that. But on the social media side, which for those who work in media is this is now like the printing presses of the 16th, uh, sixteenth and 1700s. I mean, this is how we get information out there. Just clamping down on it. Only only the uh, the allowed orthodoxy of the left will be shared on social media. They will. Sh- if you try anything else, they will shut you down. They're going to turn around. Remember, a few years ago, it was what that guy Milo and Alex Jones. You know, it was those 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 kinds of people who were getting canceled and deplatformed. And some people were saying, "This is a this is just a harbinger of things to come. This is going to get worse. They're going to come after everybody." But that that see that's based upon a principle, right? That's based upon people should have free speech. And even if someone has really bad ideas. The left doesn't operate in good faith with this. They they love to find something, take it out of context and try to ruin you for it. They know people on the right don't mean the things that they will often say they meant or or they will they will, you know, pick one word or one tweet or one statement. Say, see, this person's a racist or see, this person is a, you know, is a defender of a rapist like Kavanaugh or whatever. They'll say crazy stuff. And even if they know it's not true, they view it as just racking up more wins against the right. They do not operate from a place of principle; they operate from a place of the desire for power, and that means that the Josh Hawley book cancellation—I know Josh Hawley's a famous guy and he's a senator—and you know he's going to be okay, but you're going to see a lot more of that. You're going to see a lot more of that. The 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 pendulum is swinging back to the other side, and you have an emboldened, sanctimonious, vengeful left that is going to be in an even stronger position to take this out on their enemies. And the the only upside of this, as I've said, is that it will bring us together on the right of American politics. More conservatives will be uh, will be forced to say, "Okay, this is crazy. This is out of hand. What are they doing? And there will be an opposition that forms over this. I don't know how much of a part of it Trump will be. I don't know how much a part of it anyone in his family is going to be. This is we are in a real sea change moment here in American politics. So what do we have? We stick to our principles and each other. And, you know, who is a person of character and decency and support them? Hopefully you think that's true of this show and what we do here. But that that's the only real advice I can give you for this moment in politics. Stick to your own character and decency and find other people that share that because there's a, a lot of there's a scrambling for the lifeboats going on right now in American politics. And it's going to get ugly. And it's true in media, too. It's true in the media now. Now, all of a sudden, you'll see who really li- who really likes the, the Trump people and who is just kind of faking it all. along. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
0: Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram.
0: What we saw yesterday was a group of violent rioters undermining the legitimate First Amendment rights of the many thousands who came to peacefully have their voices heard in our nation's capital. Those who violently besieged our capital are the opposite of everything this administration stands for. The core value of our administration is the idea that all citizens have the right to live in safety, peace, and freedom. Those who are working in this building are working to ensure an orderly transition of power. Now it is time for America to unite, to come together, to reject the violence that we have seen. We are one American people under God.
1: Media is not going to accept any of this, right? That was White House Press Secretary. They're all saying it's too little, too late. They don't, they don't care that there's a a tone from this White House of, uh, of concili- a conciliatory outreach. Nope. They want him gone. They actually want him to be removed from office at this stage. That's something they've wanted for four years, and it was absurd. It was laughable until this moment. But there are people in this administration, and I've heard from people in the White House who will confirm, who have confirmed this to me off the record, there are very prominent people who they, uh, they will no longer stand with Trump. That is, that is a reality. Um, that is what is going on right now, and it's a shame. I mean, it is a terrible idea to remove the president at this stage because he's going in two weeks. We all know it. I've known it for, you know, what well, how... I can't even do the math in my head, but weeks and weeks and weeks, this is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And I think I've said that exact phrase, just not going to happen many times on the show. Here's Pelosi calling for the removal of the president using the 25th Amendment. Play 12.
3: I don't know if the word good is a way to describe it, but because yesterday the president of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. The gleeful desecration of the U.S. Capitol, which is the temple of our American democracy, and the violence targeting Congress are horrors that will forever stain our nation's history, instigated by the President of the United States. That's why it's a such a stain. In calling for this seditious act, President has committed an unspeakable assault on our nation, and our people. I join the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the vice president to remove this president by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the vice president and cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. That is the overwhelming sentiment of my caucus.
1: They're looking to remove him. They're going to keep the pressure on. I don't think this is going to happen, and I think it's a very bad idea for them to do it. Can't guarantee you it's not going to happen. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. They're not going to let him go quietly. Will they get their way? President Trump under a lot of pressure right now from those who are demanding his resignation or saying that he will be removed by the 25th Amendment. What is going on here? Our friend Kurt Schlichter is with us now. He is a retired army colonel and senior columnist at townhall.com. Kurt, good of you to join.
0: <laughs> they they think they're going to pry Donald Trump out of there without the, uh you know him him digging his claws in and leaving a long uh, a, a long trail, a long furrow. Come on. He's not going anywhere. There's uh, not going to be any 25th Amendment. There's not going to be any impeachment. It's simply not going to happen. It's silly. It's performance art. And it's more of the same. You know, Buck, we're at a a juncture where it's time to turn the heat down. It's time to really unify. And when I say unify, I don't mean uh, all you knuckle-dragging Jesus gun lovers give in and submit. What I mean is everybody agree, hey, we're going to go back to a civil society. Everyone's going to have the right to speak. Everyone's going to have the right to participate. Everyone's going to have their vote counted. This is exactly the opposite of that. This is attempting to negate the will of the people from 2016, which they've been doing for four years and which brought us to this situation. It's stupid. It's immature. and fortunately it's not going to work.
1: Pelosi, according to Reuters, says she spoke to... Uh, the chairman of the joint chiefs of staff to initiate precautions for preventing Trump from initiating a nuclear strike. I am serious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, if there's anything Trump's for it's starting wars. I mean, didn't, didn't he run on a platform of, I start a bunch of idiotic new wars and I guess, I guess a, uh, a nuclear exchange would be at the top of the cake, you know, there, there, there are precautions against insane presidents in place already. Just saying. But, you know, again, it's performance art. I mean, who's the person out there who thinks Trump's going to go, OK, I'm going to order him to fire the nukes, which they'll do. And I'm going to kill myself and my entire family, who I love and all my people, because I'm not going to be president after two weeks.
1: I feel like this is, is that, a this sound, is a reminder. I mean,
0: maybe
2: Lynn Wood would buy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lynn Wood is crazy. And uh, but I just was going to say this is a reminder of what we saw for four years where even even when Trump made a mistake, went too far, did something I don't agree with. It was never the case that the Democrats could just be reasonable in the criticism of it. You know, it was it wasn't that, you know, his uh, some of his White House advisor picks, for example, were just really, really bad. And they were, I think. I haven't asked you this, but I'm assuming you would see see it the same way. There were some really bad choices in the administration. Um, it was that those bad choices indicate that he is not of sound mind and he should be removed with the 25th Amendment. Right. I mean, it was never it's never just criticism of what Trump does. It's he's basically Hitler. He's going to start a nuclear war. He's a monster. This is the mentality they have. And I just wonder how we're supposed to react to this now that Trump won't be in office. I don't think the Democrats, I mean, to your point about about calls for unity or or a place for for unity now in this country, I don't think Democrats are going to dial all of that rage down. I I don't see that happening.
0: No, I think, you know, if I was that kind of person, I might actually pity them, Buck, because now they're not going to have Donald Trump to kick around anymore. They're going to have to be responsible for their own actions and for the results. You know, they, they've got the Congress, they've got the presidency, it's on them. Now, they won't do that, and their media guys won't do that. They won't, they won't accept responsibility. They still attempt to shift it off, but it will become increasingly obvious to normal people who don't do politics 24-7 that this is just a joke.
1: Kurt, tell me this. What happens next? Where do you think we yep. go? I mean, that's really, you know, the, the media, I think it'll be fascinating to watch, the transition from all out opposition to Trump to all out cheerleader squad for Biden. I mean, that's that is obvious. Right. So everybody's saying, what are they going to talk about now that Trump's not in office? They're going to talk about what a genius Joe Biden is and how amazing Kamala Harris is all day long, all the time. That's what's going to happen. I don't think that's particularly complicated.
0: Well, you know, Joe, Joe Biden is to genius what the uh, media cheerleaders are to hot cheerleaders, the exact opposite. Um, here's what I'm worried about. Our, our, Our ruling class is uniquely stupid and incompetent and greedy and unbelievably arrogant without any justification. This is a decision point where you can make good decisions that turn down the temperature and get us back to a civil society. Or you can make the stupidest possible decision and throw a can of gasoline on a fire that's already burning because you lit it. And I, unfortunately, I I think they're going to do worse. I think they're going to attempt to uh, oppress silence and disenfranchise the 75 million Americans who vote for Donald Trump. We've already seen it. Uh, Everything from Steinman and Schuster uh, canceling Josh Hawley's contract to the promiscuous use of words like sedition and treason. to the idea that they're going to break the filibuster and just do whatever they want. Uh, I mean, there are so many stupid choices they can make, and sadly, we can count on our, establish- on our establishment to make the bad ones every time.
1: Speaking of Kurt Schlichter, he is a senior columnist at townhall.com, retired Army colonel, and a, a lawyer. Asking for your, your lawyer expertise for a moment here, Kurt, uh, The let, let, let's just really be honest with this audience right now. There were people who were who were not telling the truth about what they had when it came to the crack in the results of the election getting turned uh, in the opposite direction. I mean, this there there were frauds involved here. We, we I think we have to look at that now and be honest about that.
0: Well, look, there there were a lot of uh, charlatans leading good people on, giving them false hope. Look, I went and worked for the president in Nevada. I saw the fraud. I saw the irregularities. I saw the incompetence. Um, so I, I am not a believer that this is some sort of uh, squeaky clean election, and all the Pollyanna, as you say it is, are lying to you. That being said... How do you address it? You address it through the procedures we have. Unfortunately, procedures we have are not designed for the kind of shenanigans that we saw. And you could see very quickly this was going to end with uh, Joe Biden being inaugurated. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it okay, but that was how it was going to end. Instead, you had. uh, people refusing to accept the reality of things. And it doesn't mean, there's, oh, you're submitting, you're giving in. No, I am a military guy. I'm a lawyer. I assess the situation as I see it so I can better deal with the facts. And now we have a bunch of people standing around who were uh, praying for the Kraken. You know, Buck, on on, uh, on social media, there's a few people going, well, you know, Trump's now maneuvered them right where he wants them. No, he hasn't. That hasn't happened, and frankly, Trump's uh, performance over the last two months uh, is uh, uh, subpar. He's made a lot of big errors. And I'm a big Trump supporter, but I got, got to tell you, I got to tell people the truth. He has screwed some of this stuff
1: up. And I got to, I got to say, in, in addition is, to that, we really there is a lesson here, and and it's one that I've had a lot of frustration about over the years. Criticizing a politician in elected office from their own side in good faith does not make you weak. It doesn't make you a waffler. It doesn't make you it, it's necessary for the best possible administration and the execution of the ideas and the policies that we, the people, voted for. There there was there was a on our side. There was a suppression. If you if you said, I don't like this, you know, I'll tell you, I got this one. I got furious pushback from people because I've been saying for years, nepotism in this White House is a you can't do that. You cannot have your children as the most senior advisors in the White House determining who you see and who you talk to. But there are a lot of people that wanted more time in this White House that wanted more access and they wouldn't say a darn word about it. And then people in the audience, some of them were saying to me, well, Buck, those are the only people he can trust. Um, really? Because I think he trusted well, Mike Pence for four years, true. and I think I think Mike Pence was loyal to him.
0: Yes, he was, and he was treated shamefully. The way that Trump t- treated him was was awful. I don't like saying that. Look, I, I, I am a Trump supporter. I think he was a great president overall. But we've got, and we, and you're absolutely right. We have to distinguish between the bad faith criticism of the Dana Goldbergs. Uh, who were simply mad because they were kicked out of power based on their own incompetence and, and, and failure to perform over decades, uh, with people like us who are like, hey, we, we like what you're doing. He, he could have handled this election aftermath much better while still preserving the questions uh, that, that are, are legitimate about the election, which need to be looked into. But he is now, uh, because of his actions, uh, we you know we you know the, the other side has been empowered to make any questioning of the massive shenanigans involved in the election you know there treasonous in the eyes of well stupid people but unfortunately a lot of people are stupid
1: Bert, um, you know you, you so said you were in I think, you're right.
0: I think we need to
1: he, he, I'm sorry we have a little bit of a delay stupid. so I don't I don't mean to step on you uh, but but I just was going to say we oh, we have I'm sorry. we have um Nevada you you talked about you were in Nevada looking at these results yep and uh, I talked to Matt Schlapp. He's a friend. He was in Nevada as well. Yep. He said he saw bad stuff. So I've got people that yep. I know are squared away and, and understand what's what. They're telling me that there were clear problems. Let's let, Just looking at Nevada for a second. I mean, Sean Parnell is also a good friend. He says there are clear problems in Pennsylvania. Why couldn't yep. we get one? Just, you know, all we needed. If, if someone showed me a thousand double votes, let's say, right? And maybe they weren't even malicious, but just a thousand double votes, meaning somebody, you know, they voted here and then they voted in the other state and they didn't know, or I mean, you're supposed to know that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it was just um, the, I, I, I know. the problems, the, the irregularities, the word I'm looking for, we'd expect. Why couldn't we have that in clear, clear as day, obvious, this is what it is in a court. Why didn't that happen? there
0: are a couple reasons. Uh, First of all, our judicial system is not designed and does not have the temperament to uh, address election fraud after an election. Let's start from the beginning. We were not prepared. The Democrats went to all these venues, passed law, uh, got uh, uh, changed the rules essentially, and not through the legislature. Um, Much of that was unconstitutional. We didn't push back. We didn't have our own campaign to ensure electoral fairness. When, uh, when I got to Nevada, there was one lawyer on the ground from the RNC. One. Great guy. It was a good team. We did some good work, but it, it, it just wasn't enough. Now, as for the courts themselves, again, they're not designed to overturn elections, and they by temperament they don't want to. To win this, we would have had to convince three judges to pick the winner of an election. That's that's almost never going to happen. It's almost never going to happen once. Our judicial system, our entire system is designed to assume that our elections are, you know, uh, uh, fair beyond the margins. That is, there may be a little bit of fraud, but it's not going to change anything. So when you have a massive multi-pronged assault, both by changing rules and by a a media that uh, uh, performs as a propaganda arm, we, the, the, the system's simply not designed to do that. You, you know, if I had a fraud case buck, I would spend two or three years in discovery. I'd take a thousand depositions, you know, a bunch of, not a bunch of depositions. I'd have plenty of time to do it. We'd write motions back and forth. We would work it up. You've got weeks. You've got weeks to do it. And you got to start from ground zero. And, 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 you know, fraud's hard to prove. How, how do you prove, okay, you have 1,000 double votes. That's great. Who would they vote for? Well, obviously they vote for Biden. Well, is it is it obvious? Can you tell me that for sure? You have no information. You just know there were double votes. You can't just assume. You know, our system's not designed. Our judicial system is not designed for the kind of electoral problems that we saw. So, I mean, well, well, you've got to address them. And you've got to uh, try and make your case. The the procedural things, including standing and timing, latches. We've all learned the word latches lately. I haven't used it since my bar exam, but um, it's just not designed to handle. I get it. I get it. it 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 It's very
1: frustrating. It's very frustrating. And and it is. You you add all this together. And I understand why there's so much there's so much anger out there about just the whole The whole thing. The whole thing just stinks. Anyway, Kurt, I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining to share some expertise. Um, Thanks so much. Columnist, senior columnist, townhall.com, and uh, veteran Kurt Schlichter. Kurt, we'll have you back soon.
0: Good. I, I look forward to it.
1: Thank you.